preview of this upcoming week's game after that we'll have our drop the glove segment and then we'll go into our jersey watch segment for this week i'm your host jason martin and i'm here with chris frank what it do what it do so once again uh blues after the big trade last week that we discussed with ryan miller yeah the trade deadline approaching would they make another move Meh. no <laughs> they no. didn't so we'll, we'll just not tom Selleck. no 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 uh no tom Selleck move this week but uh <laughs> Blues uh, didn't even make a minor move this week, uh, so they kept it quiet during the trade deadline. They got their shopping done a couple days ahead of time. Yeah, you know, I think Steve Ott coming in that trade with Ryan Miller really uh, solidified all the needs that the Blues made. I know there was talk for the longest time about the Blues having interest in Ryan Callahan, um, which would have been great. I would have loved to see Callahan come to St. Louis, but Steve Ott fills that role as well. Um you know, he's a big body in the middle. He's one of those guys that you hate him when he's not on your team, but you love him when he is on yours. Um, so I wasn't really surprised to see the Blues sit silent on the uh, on deadline day. So we'll just do a quick recap of kind of a winners and losers that me and Chris kind of talked about beforehand, uh, about some of the team's big trades that happened. So we'll yeah. go over every little minor trade. Uh, we'll discuss some of the big ones. Uh, I think you know, one of your first kind of big uh, winners – would be uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's hard to look at a team that gives up someone like Martin St. Louis and call them a winner. Um, but, you know, the reports started to come out the days leading into the deadline, and especially once the deal was done, that the uh, dysfunction was starting to bleed into the locker room. And with a team like that, man, you can't have that. You've got a great young core. You have Stamkos coming back. That was a move that needed to happen, not only from a business standpoint, but from a hockey standpoint. And look, it's not like Ryan Callahan is an awful hockey player. He's not going to have the immediate chemistry that St. Louis had, but I think that that was a great trade, uh, short-term and long-term, for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, they also, Tampa Bay got Ryan Callahan, a first-round pick in 2015, and a second-round pick in 2014. Yeah, for Martin St. Louis, who was 9,000 years old. Or 38. Close in ho- enough. In hockey years, that's 9,000. Yeah, still the scoring leader last year, and he was eighth this year in scoring without uh, most of the time without Stamkos. Yep. So that's pretty big. But they're two different players, in my opinion. So I Absolutely. Think, I think Callahan's going to help shore up uh, defensive stuff for uh, Tampa Bay, who don't, Ben Bishop's been amazing this year, but I think that'll help them having a, more of a defensive forward up front compared to yep. St. Louis, who... Could play a two-way game, but he's more stronger on the offensive end. And it's always just weird when you see teams trade captains. I, I don't know the actual stat line on how often that happens, but I can't imagine there's been many captain-for-captain captain trades. Yeah, so um, I think another sort of winner is the Rangers sort of like a half winner, if that makes sense. No, you're right. You know, I think they were in a similar situation to Tampa uh, it was becoming evident that Callahan wasn't going to sign. There was the rumors that maybe he was softening his stance on the amount of years he wanted. Um, but the Rangers were also in a very um, power play position where they knew St. Louis wanted to come to New York, and that, that was, was it. it. Yeah, I, I still think, knowing that, they paid through the nose for him. I think they extremely overpaid, but again, like, you know, we just ran down everything that St. Louis does. That's a guy who can really put your team over the hump. And I think that that's a good trade. I think that the Rangers will find continuity with him and he will be a very, very valuable piece to build around at least for a couple years. Yeah. He signed through next year. Uh, I think his cap hit is around 5 million or excuse me. Yeah. His cap hit is around five, but he's uh. 5.625 to be technical and he's but he's getting paid like closer to four in the four yeah. range so that's gonna be uh good for them uh callahan kind of lost out in the thing he kept going down in his demands it looked like and they were supposedly within a half million dollar difference a year and they still dealt him see i i think that might be 
um, a red herring because I don't see them dealing him if they're really within $500,000 of making the deal happen. I think that that was floated out there. Um, but if you're that close, I don't think that deal gets made. Mm. Yeah, let's uh, let's go a couple losers, which this one I'm not, not sad at all to see. You can call them losers. Uh, Vancouver Canucks. I agree and disagree with you. Mm. I think short-term, definite losers. Um, the way that that team handled the goalie situation is uh, astronomically stupid. You know, last year, everyone thought that Luongo was going to get shipped out and they were going to ride the Corey Snyder era, and that didn't happen. And then they shipped out um, Snyder during the draft. Yeah. And then the way this whole year played out with Luongo was just much the same. And when he didn't start the Heritage Classic, I think the writing was on the wall that the deal was going to get done. And that team's wanted to ship him out for years to the point where even Luongo came out and said, look, no one's taking me because my contract sucks. Mm. Um, So I think they're losers because now they don't have Snyder. They don't have Luongo. They have Eddie Lack. Um, And Jacob Markstrom, too. Yeah, and I think they're also losers because they didn't deal Kessler. You know, if you're into the point where it's obvious you're rebuilding, then just go rebuild. Don't hold on to some pieces. And by the way, I think before the deadline hit, there were nine players on that team with no trade clauses. It's a lot. Dude. Mm-hmm. Like, no wonder you can't make moves. Yeah, they kind of locked into their quote-unquote core, but the core is, was older. Yeah. And the and window, I, the window I is think, shut. Officially. Uh, yes, it's very slim if it's open at all. And I think... That's why I also want to put them as a winner in the long-term sense is they're still on the line for 15% of that Luongo contract, which I think expires in 2098. Mm, um, but 15% is a lot less than 100%, and that contract was large. Yeah. So they can now take that money and try to go get some young talent, You know, bring up I, – I, I'm not – very well versed on the farm system that that team has right now. I don't know what they have in regards of prospects, but at least now you've got cap room that you can go out and try to do something in the off season. Yeah, maybe gets a young uh, up and comer like offer sheet, maybe like Ryan O'Reilly, something, something like that. Maybe. I, you have that flexibility now, and that's something that they didn't have. I think the only two people on that roster who are truly safe right now are the Sedins. Which is just age and cost right now, and no trade for them. So they're not going anywhere. Um, yeah, the goaltending duo now, not uh, well-experienced, I guess you could say. Mark Between Markstrom and Eddie Lack, they have 68 regular season games and zero combined playoff games. And 3-0 and against the Blues. Yeah, somehow, some way. Uh, Markstrom was once held as like a can't miss prospect on yeah. uh, after basically the next best goalie they had since Luongo, and he really hasn't worked out. I think it's cool that Luongo went back to Florida, though. Yeah, he wanted to go there, so it's good that he got to go somewhere. A little local note onto uh, that trade: uh, Luongo and prospect Stephen Anthony, who earlier this year started out with the St. Charles Chill, nice. and then got uh, promoted to their ECHL, and once again, and then traded down to Florida. So, wow! So a little local angle there. Um, they also got Sean Mathias, uh, the Vancouver Canucks did in that trade, who had a good season last year, really not panning out this year, but he's a good two way centerman. He could be the second or third line center eventually. So yeah, it could I be think, okay. You know, the Canucks have essentially thrown in the towel for this year and yeah. that's fine. You know, the Pacific, it, there's a handful of teams, them Phoenix on down who are floating right around the wild card spot and maybe could have backed into one. But, you know, it's going to be a lost season for them. And I think that it's a smart move. And, and no one ever wants to see your team give up. And God knows we as Blues fans went through that quite a few years. Um, but, you know, it, it's it's a necessity of this sport, in sports in general. And, hey, man, the Canucks rode high for a long time. Yeah, they had their window open for a long time. Yeah. So it's just it's just how things were. The Blues had theirs when they had the Gretzky, Hall, McKenna's Pronger yep. age. Then when that came crashing down, look, we had to start over and, you know, we're first what? round pick, you know, first overall pick. Four years removed from the Canucks being one win away from winning the Stanley Cup? But yeah, four years. So, I mean, so 
you know, it's all cyclical. Yeah, so maybe the Canucks go away for a couple years and they'll come back. They're trying to rebuild on the fly, which is hard to do. So we'll I see what see I, I, yeah, I think they have to do a kind of complete revamp and I think start we'll see off the same thing. Yeah. Uh, so another loser, which is a joke of a franchise, the New York, New York Islanders. I mean, where so do you, where uh, do you begin? So let's go. Uh, kind of what you traded, basically. Um, so basically, your guy who had the best chemistry with your ca- captain, John Tavares, Matt Molson, you trade f- with a first and second round picks for Thomas Vanek. Then you trade Vanek, who was pretty much the highest, probably, you know, wanted guy at the trade deadline. Yeah, as far as for a go. okay, from what I read, it's I've read conflicting things. Sebastian Kohlberg, not Colbert, Kohlberg. Dude, but uh, and then also a pick, which is conditional, like they he wanted a first, a prospect, and another pick, which is what was the asking price since they pretty much threw in the towel, and he got pretty much a second tier prospect and maybe a second round pick. Depending on who you talk to, um, or who you listen to around the league, the the decision making process for trades in the Islanders is either Garth Snow himself, or there's a uh, like or Jimmy Wang Yang. Or like a group of people. Yeah. At some point, doesn't someone need to walk into this room and go, "What are you people doing?" Yeah. That was a that was a wrestling. Yes, yeah. I know. Uh, that, I didn't see a response. I was like, eh, I tried. Uh, but seriously, at some point, like someone, either the guy who signed the paychecks or someone, has to walk in and go. You guys are destroying this team, which was and destroying a this fan the, base, which was a staple in the mid to late seventies and eighties of winning Dude, championship. I, Mike Bossy, like a whole bunch of like awesome bonkers. players. How get it. poorly this team is mismanaged year in and year out. Like every and year, moving like, out of the Coliseum too. Yeah, I mean that's like you're going to move in to Brooklyn into this beautiful new uh, arena, and you're going to have one player. One. And John Traveris is a great player, but he is not going to single-handedly deliver you into the playoffs, and he's damn sure not going to get you a Stanley Cup by himself. I don't care how good he is. But that team is remarkably laughable at how they continue to just drop the ball every way they can. That's my dog being Lando stupid. agrees with us. Yeah, that's my dog Lando being retarded. So, uh, anyway, another I say another winner out of everything. I think the Wild did good picking up some scoring depth with uh, Matt Molson. We'll see. I mean, and uh, uh, oh, the okay, I say good and kind of they didn't pay much for him, but Brizgalov, who will be starting tonight for against the Blues in his first start. You know, Brizgalov is he's an unknown commodity to me. He very much to me reminds me of about 15 other goalies in this league who they're good, but you're never really sure if the problems that they experience are their problems or the team surrounding them's problems. You know, you look at, he reminds me of Chris Mason. You know, there were times where Chris Mason, when he was a blue and and elsewhere looked awesome. Mm -hmm. And Chris Mason took us to the playoffs. Yeah. And then there were times where it looked like he couldn't stop a beach ball. And Brisgolov reminds me of this guy. Like, you know, okay, you're on Edmonton, who is a team that can't do a damn thing. Mm -hmm. Is, Is it your fault because you can't stop a puck? Is it the team's fault because there's nobody around you? Is it a combination? We'll see. You're now on a team in Minnesota that is obviously underachieving. Oh. You know, for two years now, you don't go and spend that much money on free agents yep. and and have nothing to show for it. But yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah, next year, I know, I think uh, Minnesota is going to be... Uh, <laughs> Pardon me. You're fine. The, be uh, okay next year. They'll drop Heatley, contra- yeah. huge contract and other stuff. So I think they'll end up cap going up. I think they'll they'll kind of get a little more loaded next year. I but. could do an entire show on Danny Heatley. That guy is interesting to me. Yeah. No, he seems right. to wear out his welcome everywhere he goes. Yeah, notice that. Uh, another loser, which uh, doesn't hurt me to say it either, was uh, I think the Los Angeles Kings didn't uh, cash in like they could have. Uh, trading Matt Fratton, who they got in the uh, Jonathan Bernier trade, 
uh, and a, with a second round pick and a conditional third for uh, Marion Gabrick. Who, my comments I just made about Danny Heatley, you could also say the same thing about Marion Gabrick. Yeah, when he's on, I just don't think he's going to fit. I think he's going to be like their uh, Chris Stewart. He's just not going to fit the system. Well, I think that's the problem he has everywhere. Mm. You know, he's going to come in and he's going to. He gonna... was fine in New York, and then him and. Uh, uh, Tortorella just like didn't get along, and that's what well, caused him to leave. I, I think that seems to be his mo everywhere. He gets you know sand in his undies about whatever it is, be it who he's playing with or the coach or whoever, and he just shuts down. He becomes that insolent kid who doesn't want to work, doesn't want to try to make things better. His solution is just send me somewhere else. Yeah, and I get it, dude. It, it's probably pretty hard to get psyched to play in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, but you're still playing professional hockey, yeah. and you're making. Hell of money. Like Martin E. Right? Yeah. Just getting shipped around, and uh, I want top-line minutes. I was very surprised that uh, L.A. did not make a run for Vanek. I really thought that's where Vanek was I, going. I don't know how they couldn't have not have, honestly, because, like, if you could fit. I know I know they paid, uh, excuse me, by they, I mean, Columbus paid, like, 50% of um, Gabrick's uh, uh, salary rest of the year, okay. which I think helped, which I guess they wouldn't do that in New York, which I guess, like, they're up against the cap. So that's the only thing I really read that why they couldn't make it work because they have enough prospects right. and picks to make. It. I mean, they just trade like a t- two picks that are higher than what Vanek went for, and I think yeah. I think Vanek's a better player than. Uh, I I really thought Vanek was going to either L.A. or Anaheim. I was shocked when I saw Vanek went to Montreal. Um, yeah, I, I think that the names this the Gabrick trade is a very Hollywood deal. On paper, Looks it's a good. nice name that you can put on a marquee. It's a big, bright star, but there's really not much, not much behind that star right now. <clears throat> Paul Korea. <clears throat> yep. I mean, 100%. Yeah. Oh, it is, yeah. It's a great trade to be able to wave the banner and go, look who we just got, and show his resume, and show what he's done in this league, personally, mm. as far as individual stats. But if you dig deep into that, there's really not much there, and there's a lot of baggage that comes with someone like Gabrick. Yeah. Go ask the people in Minnesota. Go ask the people in New York. Go ask the people in Columbus. Yep. So he's moved around a lot recently. I'll wrap up with a couple more teams. Um, I say loser. You can make it. I don't think we talked about this one yet, but I think the Anaheim Ducks were primed to had the cap room, had the prospects to bring in a score, and they – Shipped out guys, actually. They didn't yeah, really that's in. that. I agree with you, and I think that's part of the reason why I was surprised. You and I were talking in the days leading up to the uh, to the deadline, especially when they shipped out Penner. Uh, it really seemed like they were moving pieces around to clear up money and clear up space to bring Thomas Vanek in. Yeah, which, which dude, sense. if you put Thomas Vanek on the Ducks, holy crap! Yeah, it worried me. I saw that move, and I'm like. They do one of two things. They're either clearing room for Vanek or they're clearing room for Molson and somebody, somebody else. Or... Yeah. And, and even, you know, if you listen to all the talking heads around the NHL in the days leading up, everyone was saying that this was the Ducks essentially trying to, in the big chess game that is the NHL season, counter what the Blues did in picking up Ryan Miller. Mm-hmm. And they didn't do it. Yeah, that's, that's they shipped it. out offense. Yeah, I'll, there's a couple of their trades that they made. Uh, they shipped out Victor Fast to uh, Edmonton for third and fifth round picks, which I'll give to Edmonton. Like they started out their year with Brisgott, well, excuse me, with uh, um, Dubnik and uh, God, the other guy. He was in Phoenix, uh, LaBarbera as their goalies, yep. and you end up with uh, Scrivens and Fast, which that's an upgrade. A so Kings get, goalie and a Ducks goalie. Yeah, which I which a good upgrade there. Um, but uh, side note, then uh, Dustin Penner for a fourth round pick. So you're getting these like low grade picks. See, that's the one that it's makes weird. no sense to me because he was playing really good with Getzlav and Perry. I and really he, thought somehow the playoff start he just turns it on. That's what I think, that, and need. that's it. Like when that move was made, that's the one that really made me go, "Oh, they're planning something. They've got big a big bullseye on someone." And I thought it was going to be Molson or Vanek, and I really thought it was Vanek. I, I, I don't understand why you would get rid of Dustin Penner for a fourth-round pick unless there's internal problems that no one knows about. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that one that was a head-scratcher for sure. And I definitely think that the Ducks kind of, if anything, moved laterally um, or backwards at the deadline. Yeah, well, let's go two more uh, teams that I thought of two winners. 
in my book at least. Like we all we both agree that Blues Blues like won that one, obviously. Yes. Like we already talked about that pretty much. We won't go into that much more and they didn't make any more additional trades since our Correct. show last week. So we'll go into I think the Sabres have accelerated their rebuild quite a bit. Yeah, I think the Sabres did exactly what they wanted to do. They're stocking up on draft picks. They're gonna do this uh the right way. I think they're gonna address their rebuild the same way the Blues did uh back in the day, which is do it from within. Don't go out, spend big money to bring in a name and try to build around him and do a quick turnaround because you're really at that point only slapping a Band-Aid on multiple wounds and it's not going to hold. Um, I wasn't surprised to see Halak get turned around as quick as he did. I think everyone thought that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, last minute too. Yeah. Like, that people was the last seemed, trade pretty much. To go people through. seemed to think that Stewart was going to get turned around and I, and I was one of those. And I think what happened is what happens every time Stewart goes to a new team. Yeah is that they watched Turns him play a couple and... games, and they went, hey, this guy's pretty good. Which you... We need to keep him. Then... And they're not wrong. He yeah. is good. When he wants to play. When he wants to play. Yeah. And so, you know, they're, they're going to roll the dice with him. And look, man, I don't wish Chris Stewart any ill will at all. I, I hope that he can get to a place where he starts to, you know, play on a day-to-day basis. Because this is the same problem like we talked about last week that drove him out of, out of Colorado. Yeah. Um, play well for a while and then, but you know, you look at the Sabres now and it's a team that is, I still believe dead last in the NHL. Correct. Um, but they're stocking up on picks. So they're going to have a lot of really good picks. Plus look, man, you've got that next, you've got that conditional pick from the blues that if we go to the Western Conference Finals and or sign Miller before the draft, yeah. becomes another number one pick. Yeah, so you're going to so, have up to three. Yeah. Year, so. the, the the Sabres, while this year has been lost, but lost for a long time, are setting themselves up for, you know, in another three to six years, making runs in the East. Yeah, so basically for flipping Miller, excuse me, Miller, Ott, Molson, and Cody McCormick, who was an really doing that good for them on defense. They get Stewart, John Mitchell, uh, William Carrier, and uh, a first-rounder, two second-rounders, and a conditional the third, you know, could be moved up to another first. So you could have, right. you know, And what did they get haul. back again on the Halak deal? Uh, uh, excuse me, I forgot to add that name. Michael Neuverth, Neuverth, right. Neuverth who yeah. wanted out of Washington anyway. Which is fine, you know. I, I That's fine. You got to put someone in that position. Which segue into my other winner i think the uh, capitals did really well adding dustin penner proven playoff guy yeah for man a very low pick and adding halak who halak know, is gonna be fine look halak knows how to platoon he's yeah. done it for three years here in St. hope Louis. he has been on a cold streak so yep and last night halak uh, won his first game making uh 31 or 33 saves or yep or 31 or 32 saves excuse so me. you know that's fine he's gonna face a lot more pucks than he did in st louis I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing for him. Yeah, 33 shots. He's like probably like, I haven't seen that in you know a long time. Yeah, yeah. So, that's, that's a week worth of shots for him I know. with the Blues. So, well, that's our uh, trade deadline wrap-up. Uh, let's get ready to go into review of this week's games. Cool. Have you ever wanted to start your own hockey podcast? Do you listen every week and think, hey, I could do that? Making Your Own Hockey Podcast has gotten a lot easier as the Hockey Podcast Directory is opening up a partnership program to get you started talking about the sport you love. We build your show page as well as walk you through the entire setup before coaching you through show creation. If you're interested, contact me at jponder94 at gmail.com to get started. That's j-p-o-n-d-e-r-9-4 at gmail.com. And finally, it's time to let that dream become a reality. Uh, let's go into this week's games now. So uh, we had four games on the docket this week, starting right before we basically finished our last show, the uh, Phoenix game that me and you sat and watched together. Uh, kind of didn't start off that well, once again. The first two periods, it looked like they were sleepwalking, slash yeah. not hitting the net, not capitalizing on good chances. Yeah, uh, blues and then down the third two, period kicked in. <laughs> yeah, the Blues, uh, it's, unfortunately, Miller's first start in net, and Paul Bissonnette gets the first goal. 
Yeah, that was such a goofy goal. It is, but it's just one of those things. He's like, pop us in it. I know, biz nasty. Yeah, and then uh, Jeff Halburn in the second. Uh, that's probably out of like foreshadowing. Out of all the goals that were scored this week for on Miller, which weren't that many, um, I think that was legit the one that like he might have been kind of won it back. That yeah, he I agree. I think everything else like either fluky goal or just defensive breakdown. Yeah, that was one. It seemed like he overcommitted one way. Um, <clears throat> didn't pay attention to what was happening around him, and they just passed it right around him and stuffed it in an, uh, really an open net. Yeah. Um, so the Blues, like we just talked about, 2 nothing going into the third. Then all of a sudden, uh, Patrick Berglund uh, starting to remember like how to play hockey. Pretend like it's an international game again. Uh, scored a goal at the 318 mark yep. uh, from uh, Schwartz and Tarasenko. I like that line a lot. I do too. Uh, I, I like the, I like how that line is really starting to gel. Mm-hmm. And I, I hope that we are to a point now where Hitchcock is going to stop juggling lines. I get that you want to find chemistry, uh, but at some point you've got to let these lines start playing together and get used to each other going into the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, Mike Smith and uh, kind of falling apart in this game, which is supposedly last couple from what I read from Phoenix fans. Sounds like it's been his MO lately. It seems Dude, like he's he fell been... apart bad last night in yeah. Washington. Yeah. So, I mean, they, um, excuse me, they had a one nothing lead, I think. Going two, two Oh lead with 10 minutes left in the game. That's right. blew so it. it was 31, 33. So anyway, but yeah, so he blew another one, but anyway, uh, pay with, I think a weak goal. It looked like maybe he was screened a little bit. Yeah. Um, but still, PRV with the wrist shot, who I think has been playing very well lately, making it hard for him. Possibly when Saboka comes back, if he's going, I don't know who's going to sit. That's going to be tough, uh, and you don't want Reeves to sit. But I mean, I don't know who. Like LaPierre, I don't know how you it has sit. To be LaPierre. It has to be yeah, LaPierre. It's, it has to be. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, right now, I mean, with the Ott acquisition, I mean, you can move Ott to that spot, and then if you need to during the game, you can, you know, somebody's getting tired up front, you shift around. True. But, uh, let's go into the rest of the recap before we get into that, but. uh Shattenkirk, Shat Deuces, with the uh, power play goal. Power play finally sort of breaking through. Finally, after 0 for, what, 0 for 28? 20, 28, yeah. And then 1 for 29 after this one. Shattenkirk from Schwartz and Alexander Steen. Imagine how much better this team is going to be once they finally realize how to shoot on the power play again. Yeah, it was – actually, he – Phoenix defense kind of like let him walk into almost the top of the dot and just right rifled near, it. Rifled it by him, uh, and a good screen by uh, Bacchus in front. So, yep. uh, and we'll wrap it up here with uh, Patrick Bergen with a nice rush off the wing and then a uh, shot in between the uh, body and the blocker on Smith for a uh, ceiling goal from 4 to 2 at yeah. the 18 21 mark. So, Blues looking really good in that game. Finally uh, getting the first win for Miller, the all white mask with one sticker. One, the one blue sticker. We're going to, we said we should do the U. Ohio State thing after he wins every game, put like another sticker of. I think that'd be awesome. Some sort there. So Blues finally coming home after uh, the Olympic break. It was the first game home game. Yep. On Tuesday, uh, it's the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning and uh, our uh, St. Louis's own Ben Bishop starting in nets. So you know why he's good because he's from St. Louis and he's tall. That's right. So, uh, so uh, Miller uh, in net again. Uh, Blues once again. Uh, actually, sorry. Blew it uh, off Shat Deuces. Uh, blatant turnover. Yeah. Right in front for Alex Killorn with a shot at the 708 mark, leaving pretty much Halak high and dry. It was pretty much Puck was on the guy's stick, like oh, in yeah, the slot there, with there nobody was, around. There was nothing that Miller could do about that goal. And, and that was the thing with both of these goals that the Blues gave up. Uh, it got them into another 0 2 hole. Which seemed to be the uh, start of every of every game earlier this week. Um, it's going to take some time for Miller and this defense to get used to each other. Mm-hmm. And I think you started to see it a little better yesterday in the Colorado game, which we'll get to in a few minutes. Yeah. But um, it's always going to be a process when you bring in a, a, a new goalie or a new key piece. Um, now, obviously, you know, turnovers, bad turnovers are bad turnovers, and that's no yeah, one's that fault. Yeah, that was just um, ridiculous. But, you know, on the grand scale, I think that you're going to see uh, this team start to really tighten it down. But, yeah, that goal, I mean, Shattenkirk basically just served it up to him. Yeah, then the power play goal, uh, Tyler Johnson, from uh, which will be his last game as a Tampa Bay Lightning member, Martin St. Louis and Victor Hedman are at the about 15-minute mark of yep. the uh, first period. So 2 nothing going out of the first period, and once again – down to nothing. Yep. So, uh, once again, second period, lo and behold, Pat, another Patrick Berglund sighting from Jaden Schwartz and 
Vladimir Tarasenko at the 332 mark. So uh, that line, like we talked about last time, looking good. I think uh, they're producing and one remember, way or another. Just, be, just before that goal, like maybe a minute before that goal, St. Louis whiffs oh, on no. an open net. Correct. I mean, you and I could have scored that goal. Yeah, and missed it by about mm, six inches yeah. on the right-hand Hit side. Hit the outside of the net. It's crazy. Two-thirds of that net was open, and yeah. he just missed the shot. Yeah, he was shaking his head afterwards, so he knew that now was the opening the Blues needed. And uh, lo and behold... We go uh, from what would have been 3-0 to now 2-1. Two two to one. And then, uh, unfortunately, who see, Bacchus had the penalty when he was going at it with Victor Hedman. Once again, he was going at him all night pretty much. Back against the slashing penalty, you know, not looking good after the last power play. When, yep. And there's TJ Oshie and his uh, dangling skills. He does things like this at least two or three times a season. It really makes you realize why he's such a special player. Mm-hmm. And there's there's always streaks in the season where everyone kind of goes, is this really all we're going to get from TJ Oshie? Yeah. He seems to be that guy. And I think part of that is he's the victim of his own hype before he finally got to the Blues. He was so talked up. Um, that we expect these type of moves every night from him. Yeah. Um, but man, was that pretty? Yeah, it was awesome. Good. Be- I mean, Bishop he, uh, down low too, which was uh, surprising for you know, yeah, Bishop being you know, a good guy. And it was such an innocent looking play. Steen comes in and really just drops the puck to him below the circle. He splits the defense. He spins St. Louis around on his knees, and then backhands it past Bishop uh, stick side. Yep. And, and makes it look like it's something that you would learn when you're five years old taking your first year of hockey. Yeah. Just effortless, effortlessly did this. Yeah, it, looks, it was, like you said, a very pretty goal from uh, Steen and, or I'll say Petrangelo, but as uh, Pierre Maguire, Peter Angelo. Peter Angelo, Peter yes. Angelo. Uh, so looking good there. Uh, going to the third period, tied 2-2. So what would the Blues go into? Alexander Steen with a beautiful backhand shot. Yeah, that was pretty. Uh and again, by. that's that top line. Yeah. All three of those guys were involved in that goal. Oshie, Bacchus, and Steen. Uh, when that when that line is clicking, I would put them against any, any line in hockey. Because I think they can score and they can shut them down too. That's Absolutely. Like yeah. and, and that's the thing is, you know, you look at Chicago's top line and they're going to put a lot of pucks in nets. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to put a lot of people against the boards. And... Both Oshi and Bacchus have absolutely no problem hitting you as hard as they shoot. Yeah, um, Steen is a shooter, but you know I love that our top line is just as gritty as they are skilled. Yeah, uh, and the other thing which I took out of the game too, which was this time last year, who would be out like your last minute and a half one goal lead, like your normal suspects to be out there when they pull the goalie to defend? You'd have. Forward, forward wise, forward wise, last year, not last year. Who would you put out there? Bacchus. Uh, I gotta think. Like your defensive four, like Bacchus, Steen, Saboka type thing, right? I would put Saboka out there for sure. Steen, probably or Oshie, something like that. You know, well, so. yeah, Oshi, because Oshi's such a great two way player. So, like, that's pretty much what you're looking at. And then, who gets the empty net goal because they're out there for a minute straight? Vladimir Tarasenko. Yeah, dude, the learning curve on that player has been phenomenal. At the end of the year, when you look down this lineup and you go, who really grew up this year? I think you look at two people, and it's a shame because one of them's on the IR right now, and both of their first names are Vladimir. Yeah, I like both of them. Uh, Tarasenko with the empty net goal. After some hard work in uh, our end, he actually cleared the puck out, and he wound up getting the easy backhand. War and Hedman was so wore out, like he was right in front of the net. All he had to do was reach and hit the puck, but he completely missed it. Went by him. Goal for us. Seals it 4-2 to two from Bacchus and Schwartz. Uh, a couple two-point nights for some of the guys. Uh, looking good. Brian Miller's home debut went pretty well. I'll save it for my rant for about that, but we'll get into okay. that. We'll get into the uh, second part of that later. Uh, Miller was technically an easy night with 17, uh, 17 shots against for 15 saves. Looks, I read good. I read a line um Friday that Miller faced as many shots in his last game as a Sabre as he faced the first three games as a blue. That's crazy. That's nuts. Yeah. So a big change for him. I'm glad that he's made the adjustment so far. Yeah. So the Blues going into uh Nashville now on Thursday night. 
face uh, Pecorine, who was back from the IR after his uh, infection, I guess, the yep. hip infection gone away. So this is, this is Rene's second start. He lost his first one 3-1 to one, to uh, Detroit, I believe. Yes. So uh, Rene in uh, first period at Ian Cole siding, his third goal of the year, and uh, Steve Ott with his first point as a St. Louis Blue. Yeah, man. You know, look, Ian Cole is, uh, I think he's going to be really, really good. It, it always seems like the learning curve for defensemen is a little bit steeper than it is for forwards. I don't understand why mm. entirely. Um, and I, I don't think anyone is expecting Ian Cole to be Al McGinnis. No. Um, um, but, you know, the kid's got skill. And you listen to what Hitchcock says about him, and he's definitely making strides in the right direction. So I would rather have an Ian Cole out there right now who's young and on the incline than a Cole Iacobo, who I think is one check away from shattering and dying. Correct. I and mean, as is actually Cole's first game back into the lineup, too, yep. from having Cole Iacobo in there, which a lot of speculation that Cole Iacobo was out there, that we were like showcasing him for like a trade, like a low pick trade type thing, which do you really need to showcase that no. guy? No. Yeah. If you're going to, if you if he went to, to ship if you're like, Iacobo, you how many games in the get. season before we signed him? It was like, hmm, let's say 20. Well, didn't we sign him just because like all of a sudden everybody was getting hurt? It was when the flu bug was going around. That was and other the stuff. Bug, yeah. yeah. It was weird. So Cole, which the shot, which I thought another funny thing that happened during the, there was a little scrum in front and then Cole, they showed us Cole was talking to Renee like after it was probably a couple minutes after the goal went in, and it's like it was funny. I probably conversation probably went like, "How'd you miss that? Like that wasn't like that good, hard, good of a shot." Like, thanks, but okay, see you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it was it had eyes, I guess, but I, I mean, it looked like Renee just simply like watching multiple replays, just like had it. I know, obviously, you can't see us. But Everybody sure breaks like, concentration. Everyone, he just in like while. whiffed at it pretty much, like yeah. kind of what Ellie did that one goal in Chicago, that one <sighs> Chicago, when he just like yeah. whiffed it, kind of like that. Anyway. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Blues give up the lead uh, with about ten minutes left in the uh, second, or excuse me, first period. Uh, Nick Spaulding with a, a tip-in goal from Patrick Hornquist and Mike Fisher, which came in like kind of looks simple, weird, like yeah, from the corner, from the corner, a very, very sharp angle pass right in front. Yeah, nice um, deflection though. I mean, it was like a perfect yeah. shot where Elliot had really no chance to. I mean, it's not Elliot Miller, the, had no chance to save it because it's just perfect deflections at a corner so. yeah the the bigger issue for me with this first period was the blues came out hot yeah and they looked great and then they got that goal lead it and laid off started to sit back and you saw nashville really start to come on and that goal was one of those goals that at least for me and knowing the blues as well as i do now um you could tell when they're about ready to give up a goal you could just like a scrambling. Yeah, you could tell when that team starts to panic, and when they start to panic, is when the goal's coming, and it just seemed like the the two or three shifts before the goal finally was scored against Miller, they were unsettled. They, they would were, just dump the puck out just to make yeah, a change because they, they make, were get they, it out of the zone. They were making uh, just random passes to get the puck out of the zone. They weren't playing. Blue style hockey, yeah, and it bit him in the ass. Yep. So one one coming into the second period, and uh, another Magnus PRV siding who's been playing. I guess they play well. That was that was a great one. Awesome. Cole just puck, you know, is coming out of his end, just passed it to PRV at our about our blue line, little past that. PRV just literally blew around. I think it was Roman Yossi, I believe, and just and then whoever I think it's Mike Fisher was trying to come over and cover, and you know, I think he went. I forget how many feet was on the thing, but he basically went from blue line to almost the Predators red line in about 4.8 seconds is what yeah. I saw, which is that's a really awesome speed, which the Blues really haven't nearly had in a few years. So uh, blows by, throws it, gets it underneath the uh, arm and blocker once again, or even the blocker side, I guess, of uh, Rene for a 2-1 to one lead. Uh, Cole with a 2.9, and the Blues wind up holding on 2-1. to one. Uh, It's a nice goaltending near the end for Ryan Miller. Yep. Uh, the white mask still holding up. Still only one sticker. Still only one sticker. He said he's working on it. I really uh, want him to do like a Cujo mask. He says his favorite player. That'd be awesome. Up. So that'd be really awesome if we can somehow. Uh... They have actually the mask. If and we'll be at the game Tuesday night, but they actually have it in like the case, like one of the yeah, cases yeah. around. So I actually want to go by and I'll take a picture of it and put it on our uh, Twitter page for everybody. But uh, 
yeah, so Miller looking good. Blues looking good. Going into the uh, another Central Division uh, matchup, which I didn't mention. The Blues undefeated in regulation still in Central Division going into uh, these games this week. Yep, they were um, 16-0-1 going into yesterday against Colorado. Yep, so uh, here we go into the Colorado game. And... and to be honest, we should have been 17-0-0 because that game against Winnipeg, we God, just we choked. Just, yeah, we just played We were awful. up, what, 3-1? Yeah. The third. And then we just blew it. And like, blew it, and then lost in a shootout. Yeah, that was that was that was one of those like that's one of those games. ones that you wish you had back. Yeah, that's I was, I even made the comment to uh, I think maybe you or somebody else who I was talking to like that's gonna come back and get us like later in the year. Now now maybe still maybe you but, never know. But still, it's like one of those where you should have had that type of thing. So the Blues come out. Unfortunately for me. I had uh, family stuff all day yep. yesterday. I got so. to watch this one. I so, actually I, I have to a, rely on you most. I saw the highlight. I saw the goal highlights. Sure. So that's all I could really uh, I, uh, say. I had a bachelor party yesterday, so I checked into my hotel early so I could sit in my room and watch this whole game. And, uh, and you rest. know, Colorado is one of those teams this year that started out on fire and and built themselves a cushion to the point that they could kind of withstand uh, that that drought they had for a while in the middle of the season. And have very quietly uh, started to come back. And going into this game yesterday, three points separated the St. Louis Blues, the Chicago Blackhawks, and the Colorado Avalanche. Which is crazy. Three points. Which you would have picked Minnesota, maybe even Nashville yep. to be that team. But not uh, Colorado after finishing 29th last year. So yeah. uh, I'll kind of uh, rely on you for some of the uh, – let's um, go through the first period. and uh, The shots were even 8-8. Eight eight. They were, you know uh, – it was a very, very um, chess match style of a game. Both teams had their runs. There were some amazing plays in this first period. The Blues went on a power play where, uh, and I don't remember who the exact players were now because I'm still not right from last night, um, but two behind-the-back passes in a row, taking it from the half boards to the point to the other point. Like NHL ninety four style passes Love that, pass. that ended up with us, you know, with a shot that didn't go in. Mm. If if we had scored on that, it would have been play of the year. Yeah. And then thirty seconds later, Colorado finds a streaking Ryan O'Reilly on a breakaway, who gets the puck as he's crossing the blue line, backward spins, and gets poke checked by Ryan Miller to lose the puck. Within a minute and a half of each other. It was just fast-paced, back-and-forth, high-flying hockey. But at the end of one, it's 0-0. Side note, before the game, they announced that this was that the Colorado Avalanche was the only team in the league that Ryan Miller had never beaten. Mm, two teams, technically. Okay. Buffalo, obviously. Right. But before that, it was his only team he never defeated. You know, Correct. Defeated, that he had so. played and never won. So, technically. Um, so, you know, you go to the second... And, you know, the, the Blues come out and they look good. And, again, it's much of the same. Um, it felt like playoff hockey. You know, both teams were playing good. Both teams were making runs. Uh, neither team really seemed like they were going to find a way to break through. Uh, Miller and Varlamov were both on their game. Uh, there was another TJ Oshie-style play, this time only instead of a goal being an assist. Yep. Where Oshi gets the the puck on the side boards, skates between two guys, and feathers a beautiful pass Backus, across the yeah. slot to to Backus, who's just standing there and tips it in, and the Blues are up one nothing. Yeah, so second period, seven three mark. That goal happens. Uh, Blues hold on our set period. Uh, looks like everything's looking good, and I, and I got the alert in the car as I was driving <laughs> frantically to find a TV. Uh, Berglund gets a goal with a. Interesting goal from uh, Tarasenko and Schwartz. Basically, the puck's just cycling around. Tarasenko kind of chips it to Berglund, who's streaking in the uh, slot area, and Berglund catches the puck, throws it on the ground, pretty much spins. You can say skill, luck, a little bit of both. Gets the puck, rifles a shot between the, I think it was Shane Shane O'Brien, legs, and uh, top corners it on uh, Simeon Varlama for a 2-0 lead. Yeah, that was one of those where, you know, even the guys calling the game just were like, oh, oh," because it happens so fast. It was an innocent-looking play, um, and it was you know just an instinctual thing for a hockey player. Like, I have a puck. I'm in the slot. I need to shoot this. And you could just see that it was just reflex. Yeah. Um, 
And, you know, it put the Blues up 2 nothing, which is great, although it's obviously the most dangerous lead in oh, hockey. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it was at that point where you kind of got the feeling like the Blues are going to be okay here. Um, you know, the Blues have beaten Colorado every time this year, but Colorado has never been an easy place for the Blues. Yeah, this first ever. year they've won two games since, uh, I think it was, I saw like 2000. Yeah. So and been, they've always had issues playing in Denver. So you go into the break. It's 2-0. Uh, in the third period, uh, Colorado came out recharged. Yeah, because uh, shot-wise, we were actually winning shots 18-14 to 14 going to the third period. Yeah. So, uh, And we actually wound up losing in shots. So that tells you yeah. uh, how much uh, it turned it on. They started coming in waves. And, you know, we got to the halfway point of the game almost, and I was like, it's my own fault because I thought it. I was like, you know, how cool would it be if Miller not only gets his first win against Colorado but shuts them out? Yeah. Did you say it out loud, though? No, I did not say it out loud. But there was no one in the room to say it, too, so I think it counts. And uh, no sooner did I think it, and Colorado gets a goal. Um, A lot of traffic in front of the net. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it wasn't the strongest goal in the world. It wasn't a weak goal. Um, it was a, a very blue collar goal. Um, but the difference between this team two weeks ago and this team now is throughout this entire game, but definitely the last eight minutes of that third period, Colorado was winding up and just letting loose with shots unguarded in the slot in the point, there was four of them alone in the first period. I forgot to mention about mm-hmm. where either O'Reilly or Parento or Duchesne was camped out in the slot with nobody between them and Miller, mm-hmm. point blank, and just saved it. Yeah. And Miller just stopped it. The last four minutes of that game, they did everything. Yeah, the Blues that. did yeah, everything they minutes, could to lose. About three minutes, yeah. And Colorado couldn't put one in. Uh, Parento missed on a wide open net. Uh, you couldn't tell if he just didn't get all the puck or if he just pulled it or what. Um, but, you know, the Blues really tried to let Colorado tie that game. Um, we had a couple of near goals on the open net. Uh, but at the end of the day, the Blues hold on to win 2 1. They get the two points. Uh, they're still undefeated with Miller as their goalie. Miller picks up his first win against Colorado. And if nothing else, it gives us a little bit more cushion between the other two teams in the division right now that are fighting for the lead, which is Colorado and Chicago. Which another thing I read from one of the Buffalo beat writers, they have a, what's it's called, which we can start to a Ryan Miller shutout, which is a one goal against. Because he said there's a lot of times where they're cruising to like a two, three, nothing, you know, advantage in the third period. Then some fluky goal or just a goal lets in and they win three to one or two yeah. to one or whatever. So we might have to start the Ryan Miller shutout, which it seems like that was uh, quite prevalent this week. Yeah, you know, look, the only thing that I really care about, and I love statistics like shutouts and having the league leader in goals or points or assists or all that. But at the end of the day, man, I want two points every night. Yep, I just want the win. You know, that's all I care about. So, um, Another great game, 4-0 this week, so can't ask any better than that. Nope. Uh, so let's go into the games that are coming up this week. Uh, today, Sunday, March 9th, in a couple hours, actually, about an hour, actually, now for now. The Blues are at Minnesota on a back-to-back, so it might be a little tough game, Elliott and Nets. Yep. Uh, Tuesday night, a game that me and Chris will be in attendance, so I'll uh, tweet some stuff out if people want to meet up uh, during a, you know, Intermission and talk a little bit. Holla at your boys. We'll be there. We'll hang out for a little bit. They play the Stars at home. And Thursday night, they're still at home again against uh, the Edmonton Oilers. The first uh, game, David Perron is coming back to town. So it's his first game back in St. Louis since the trade last summer. I think he'll get a decent welcome. I think he'll get a welcome. I think people still really liked him. I still see uh, some Perron jerseys here and there. Oh, sure. He was popular. So I definitely see that happening. Uh, next Saturday, March 15th, the uh, Blues go back down to Nashville, a game that Chris will be in attendance to. Possibly. Okay. Cause I, I have I tickets. I have no one to go with. and if I, if, I apologize. No, it's fine. I may go. I may just bite the bullet and send my buddy a check and say, take a check. Yeah. Like, I'd like to go, but unfortunately, a lot of stuff going on. We, okay. As you know, we have a lot of stuff planned this summer. Oh, yeah. 
or that's part of the reason why I may pull the plug. Yeah, don't yeah. kill me, Blues fans. I know. I know. I'm giving up Blues. We're teams. going. Our plan, definitely. Our well, pretty much plan is to go to San Diego Comic Con because that's how we roll. So that's right. We're nerds. Yeah. So it'll be so. <laughs> Is on the bucket list of things to do, so I'm excited about it. I don't care what people say. I get, cra- I get crap for it all the time. And that right there is the sound of every female who is listening to us going, these guys sound kind of cool, turning the podcast turn, off. Turn back off. And like, all of a sudden, <laughs> down 10 followers after this episode. But all good. So, like we said, another promising week. Uh, some definitely winnable games this week. So, yeah, I think the Blues could win all these games. Uh today's game against Minnesota worries me cuz it's the second game. We play it's always a hard they're always a tough out too. It's they're a tough out. It's in Minnesota. The team's got a little bit more life. It's the second day of a back-to-back. Um Elliot's in goal. I think if this team is going to come out flat at all this week today's the day. Yep. So wait and see. Um, so let's go into our uh, drop the glove segment. Any rant? Anything? No, not really. I think that this week overall has been good. I, if I had any rant, <clears throat> it would be that I wish the Blues would stop spotting teams two goal leads. Yeah, uh, they seem to have worked that out over the last couple games with Nashville and Colorado. Um, but you know, it was definitely problematic for me that both Phoenix. And uh, and Tampa got out to leads on us, and then we had to scratch and claw, especially against Phoenix. Yeah. Um, but overall, I'm I'm fairly rant free this week, which is very unlike me. I'm yeah. very content. Um, I guess my only thing that let's I kind of alluded to earlier, the Blues game against uh, Tampa Bay at home. I understand you want to give the guy a warm welcome, and I, I know they're trying to like put the full sort of push on to Ryan Miller. Like this is an awesome place to play. You need to stay here forever. Right. Uh, so he was the number one star, which for which was going to saves, happen. It was going that to guy could have made. He could have went one for three on saves, and we won four to two still. And I think we he still got first star Absolutely. somehow. Which was one of those like I'm like, like I think a lot of people had a better game. That's predetermined. I know, but it was so annoying though. Like, because normally the writers supposedly do that. Like they kind of like the are the press area. Who was in the press area that day supposedly does that thing. And I'm just like, I like. All Ryan Miller needed to do was get a W. Yeah, I mean, he like we saw, like I saw a couple people say like Halak could have been in net or Ellie could have been in net for the last two games. Yep, and the result probably would have been the same. Agreed. It's because there wasn't too many challenging shots, and the goals that went in were outside of the uh, Jeff Halpern goal in the uh, yeah. Phoenix game, where we thought was he kind of wanted back. Uh, he was good. I mean, I think you know it's so far so good. So, I you know that did remind me though. I guess I do have one small rant. Um, that same game, St. Louis versus Tampa Bay. NBC Sports Network. Oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot the really? notes. Yeah, really. How long? About ten. Ten minutes. Minutes of the first period. Ten minutes real time. I guess we could say. Um. Or, yeah. Oh no, longer. Ten minutes game time. You think so? Because when. Well, here's what we need to do: figure out when the Blues went on the power play first, and then we'll go back. Because that's when that's when it 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 hit the fan. Yeah, I'll have to look that up. Uh, I'll and research that for next week. It went from then. They cut away. For those of you who didn't see the game on on NBC Sports, um, the first five minutes or so of the game, everything is fine. All of a sudden, the Blues go to the power play, and the picture starts going in and out. Just picture, black screen. So they cut the commercial. Picture, black screen. A really, really long commercial break. Go to a long commercial break. Come back, and you're in the NBC Sports Network desk. And they're talking about, Mike hey, Milbury. we're having uh, we're having problems with the feed in St. Louis, blah, 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 blah. They talk for a couple more minutes. I'm assuming because they think it's probably just a simple, hey, someone kicked a cable loose thing. Yeah. Then. So they had trade deadline talk. So it was, it was nice that, like, these days something to talk about that was, like, relevant. Oh, but then it gets worse. worse. Yeah. Because if you're a Blues fan, now you're not only, now not only are you not getting to see your team and your new goalie's home debut and listening to Mike Miller. What's the one thing that they could show you that would make you more angry? We're going to send you to Chicago and you get to watch the Blackhawks because f the Blackhawks. I don't want to watch the Blackhawks on a Tuesday night when I'm settling in to watch my team on national TV, my new goalie, the toast of the NHL trade deadline in his home debut, and you're going to show me the damn Blackhawks? Come on, NBC Sports. Mm -hmm. You are not 
a fly-by-night company. You're better than this. That's my rant. Yeah, See, now I'm angry. I'm angry again. Well, we're just in time for the game, so we'll be good. Uh, let's go into our Jersey Watch segment. Uh, I'll start again, like uh, have been. Um, I went with the vintage jersey that they kind of released uh, about six years ago. The inaugural season? Yeah. So they kind of, the I guess it would be away jersey back then, home jersey now. Uh, yep. Kind of just a lighter blue color and gold. Uh, I'll take a picture later on tonight and put it out there. Those are clean jerseys. I always liked those. I like those. I wish uh, for a while that they would have gone back to it. Or they played like a handful. I think they didn't have the third jerseys yet. Yeah. They played like one or two games in this, and after that they just never played again. I think they went to the third jersey the season after. Correct. Which was like, okay. But, I mean, these are still solid, man. I like, yeah, I those are very good throwbacks. I wish – you know what I wish that the league would do is I wish that they would do throwback nights – much like baseball, football, and basketball does. Yeah, like one, like you know, like one week where the NBC Sports Network does like an all. Yep. Like even the announcers, like in football, will do the old like it, you know. It, it seems sports like sports coats and yeah, stuff. You it know? seems like the only time that the NHL really does throwbacks is if you're getting an outdoor classic. game. Yeah. Which is, and you either get a throwback or you get a crazy third jersey design. Yeah. Um, you know, my my uh, Ovechkin jersey is the Winter Classic That's jersey, which is really yeah. just the throwback to the early 90s a couple, Caps jerseys. A couple of different little yeah, things. Yeah, stars down the sleeves. Yeah. And really, that's what they're wearing now. Yeah. Um, They've worn that, I think, once or twice this year, too. So. Yeah. So, it's got their third jersey now. Yeah. So. so I would like to see the, the, the league go to that, because I think that the jersey you have on is really one of my favorite Blues jerseys. Yeah, and the, you will be wearing, I can see, obviously. but Yep, I am wearing the uh, navy blue, Blues third jersey, the circle crest with the uh, arch and the blue note on it, uh, number 91, Vladimir Tarasenko. A.K.A. Russian Jesus. Russian Jesus saves all and scores goals. And scores goals. So... Um, that's uh, wrap it up this week. Uh, I'll get a couple of side notes here real quick. Uh, a special shout out to uh, Jeremy. I hope I pray I don't mess his name up. I'm gonna go with Gillian. Yeah, I'm gonna put that on you because I'm horrible at names. Okay, I'll go with Jeremy Gillian. Uh, thanks for uh, putting a couple of comments on the website. Yeah, dude. Thanks for the shout out on Twitter. That was very awesome. Uh, Blueshockeypodcast.com. That's a couple of nice uh, long comments to read, and I, I checked them out. It's very uh, informative with a lot of stats on them. Yeah, which I probably could use today, but. Uh, <laughs> I just uh, didn't, but thank you for uh, listening and say he's listened to each episode several times. Nice. Likes to uh, more than me. I, I, I've had to, <laughs> I've had to listen to it several. I've had to listen to it several times. I That's this not thing. true. I actually do listen. So it, it's weird hearing your own voice, though. I really it's very weird. It's very odd. So, but uh, thanks for the uh, you know couple of different follows that you brought us. Hopefully, um, also out to Randall Ritchie, who is a uh, who writes on HockeyBuzz.com, listed us as a kind uh, of a. I guess sort of a reliable blues source. Thanks, Randall. The check's in the mail. Yeah. It's like, thank you for that. So uh, both of those, it sounds like some people are listening. So that's it's good. It's great, man. You know, look, it, you you always like to think that you're giving people what they want, both entertainment-wise and, and facts-wise. And you know, we're just two schmucks sitting in a basement talking hockey. So It's not my mom's basement. It's my basement. It's not my mom's basement, right. <laughs> it's, it's my our, basement. It's Jason's basement. My he basement. owns the basement. I own the basement. There is blue stuff around, so it's kind of... There is. So, yeah. yeah, thank you guys very much for all the support. And, you know, there's like we said every week, if there's anything that you want to want addressed or talked about or whatever, just let us know. We'll send be glad a, to work it in. Yeah, send us a question. Um, you can uh, hit us up on... Uh, Facebook, like us at Blues Hockey Podcast at Facebook, and then also not at Facebook, but on Facebook, uh, on Twitter at Blues Hockey NHL. Yep, is ours. Um, where uh, me and Chris are both on there. Uh, my personal one is at JPM Blues Fan Twenty One. I am at Hossapalooza at H O S S underscore A underscore p-a-l-o-o-z-a so, questions comments nudie pictures mm-hmm. unless your comment or unless your question is may i borrow a dollar and then the answer is no Maybe. no <laughs> anyway but uh thanks for listening next week uh just looking forward looks like we'll do once again kind of with this week's type of show minus the trade deadline talk just kind of a wrap up of this week's Happenings. We'll give our perspective from the game on Tuesdays and to watch it be there live. I'll try to be tweeting stuff out. Yeah, during the game as as best we can. I think we will try to live tweet the game. It's always rough because sometimes I like to focus places. Yes, and I like to focus awful. too. I'm very big on. That's why I, I try to like send stuff out during the game on Twitter. But I'm very much like to focus in yeah. on the game and then after the game, kind of give my uh, 
thoughts about what happened or after a period i kind of like sure. zone in on it so that's just how five weeks man five weeks from now the end of the regular season and the playoffs start it's crazy five. 19 regular season games left five weeks and then also and i don't even say because i'll make it be even more nerds five weeks and also st louis comic-con that's true so there's the rest of the females who the females who stuck through san diego comic-con Not they just grass. left I'm excited. I don't care. We be, I, I do care what you people think. I'm sorry. I do. It's because you're married. I know. You can nerd out. <laughs> I, can nerd. I, ladies, very single, very, very disease-free. Free. Extremely. I've seen the test. So we're good to go. <laughs> anyway, on that note, we'll leave you guys. Uh, thanks for listening, and catch you next week. It's Miller time. Sorry, we're going, we're going streaking through the quad and into the gymnasium. Come on, everybody. Come on, Snoop! Snoop a loop! Snoop a No, it's cool, it's cool, I'm cool. Bring bring your green hat, let's go! Come on everybody, we're going! Here we go!